This is the Money Seed Podcast, where we discuss all things investing, plain and simple, the way it should be. Please remember, this show is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended to be investment advice. Welcome back to the Money Seed Podcast. Today, my guest is Anmol Singh. Anmol is a professional trader, investor, author, and entrepreneur. Anmol, welcome to the show. Looking forward to chatting with you. Thanks for having me. Anmol, I see the sign behind you. It says Live Traders. Tell us more about your website, livetraders.com, and what it's all about. Yeah, definitely. So I started uh, Live Traders in 2015 as a way to coach and train other traders and try to shorten the learning curve for them because online, there's so many different resources. But I find that everybody wants to teach, but they don't want really want to show how it's actually done. So that's how we came up with the name Live Traders is that every single day I, I trade or invest, is, it's live streamed. So win or lose, people will get to see it. So that's where the name came from is Live Traders that you know we'll do everything live, bring our accounts up. And I think that's the best way people can learn because they can see sometimes how I'm losing and I'm how I'm handling myself in that. And I think that's the important part that maybe people don't really talk about. So that's what we're trying to do with Live Traders and started that in uh, 2015. And uh, you know, going strong for now. Yeah, it sounds like you've been in business for eight years. And anytime a business is around for eight years, that means you're generally doing something well. And uh, congrats to you on that. Tell me, how many Thank years you. were you trading before 2015, and what gave you the confidence to say, "I know what I'm doing. I'm good at this. I can teach others." Yeah, so I'm on my 13th year trading now. Started in 2010, um, and you know, it was five years before I started Live Traders. And the reason I was confident in doing that is because uh, in my first couple of years, I was trading for a prop firm. Uh, you know, back in the day, the same old, everybody's in a desk, 100 traders, just, you know, pushing buttons all day long. And the mon- the company would give you the money to trade. In exchange, you would give them percentage of your profits. So I started trading for the company uh, and then kind of worked my way up in those rankings. And uh, they had a system where, okay, you start on a simulator account and then once you hit, let's say $200 a week for two weeks in a row, then they gave you $50,000 to trade with. And then so on and so forth until level 10, where they give you $10 million to trade with, and they take 30% of everything you make. So I traded with them for a really long time. And then uh, that firm brought me on. The CEO called me and said, hey, we have a lot of new hires. Uh, You progress pretty quickly through those levels in the firm. A lot of people are still stuck at level five, level six. Uh, Would you mind coaching them and showing them how you you got to level 10? So I started coaching for them as just like a teacher. I wasn't really even getting paid for that. I uh, just loved doing it because it was just something that I geek out on, you know, trading and investing. So I was just coaching traders and I saw that a lot of them were getting really successful results. Uh, and then 2015, that company that I was working for got bought out by another company. So at that time I had to decide, do I want to join the company? And then I kind of asked myself the question, well, I do have my money saved up now, so I don't really need to give them 30%. So that's when I kind of went off on my own and uh, started Live Traders in 2015. And I think that's really important. So it sounds like you had professional trading experience for many years and you say, yeah, I can do it on my own. I think that's fantastic. So a bit of a segue here for young people who are interested in that type of a career, what kind of a background do you need to be able to be hired by these, these trading firms? Honestly, they're looking for just mentally tough individuals that can follow a system. For example, if I give you, okay, this is a system, it's very black and white. This is what you got to do. And everything we have models for, spreadsheets, you know, we were not just taking a guess on our gut feel. So it's basically executing and following a system and not letting emotions take control. So a lot of people that when they come into trading, they let the greed take over or they let the fear take over or the stocks going against them. And rather than taking a small loss, they keep holding on 
hoping it'll come back up, you know, and maybe buying even more. So I think that's the things you got to pitfalls you got to avoid. The best traders that I found are actually pilots, ex-pilots or ex-poker players, because pilots know how to do a checklist. Okay, we're going to do this. Check, check, check. Execute on the system. Not trying to think on their own. I think the stock is going to do this. Anytime a human element of thinking comes in, it's over. You know, you're not going to succeed. So try to be as robotic. So I think um, best characteristics for traders is somebody with an open mind, willingness to learn, and leaving that they can leave their ego out of the way. Because market doesn't care how successful you were in your previous business. Market doesn't care. Market is the, what the market is. So we just got to re- realize that. So, yeah. So you don't necessarily have to have a certain background. You don't have to be good at math or you don't have to be an engineer or something. Like pretty much anybody can learn it as long as you're mentally tough. Yeah, I was horrible at math in high school. Like really, like I, I dreaded, you know, even the, I barely passed all the exams. So it's funny because, uh, you know, when my high school people look at me, they're like, how did you get into this business? Because you were the worst at math. I'm like, that's why we have softwares for things, spreadsheets now that I don't have to do the math. So you don't need, uh, there's, everything can be automated these days with softwares and spreadsheets. So uh, the, the learning curve has gone down. It's just, if you can control yourself, uh, you could succeed in this business. And so tell me, you use the phrase trading. I often use the phrase investing, but there's a definite difference between the two. How do you distinguish between the two terms? Yeah, great question. So investing is somewhere where, as the word says, you're investing in something. Either in a business, you believe in a business, maybe you believe in the CEO, you believe in the industry. And usually investment means you're investing for a long haul, right? You're not looking to get in and out. Whereas a trader, we're looking to capture those small pockets. You all the time we see the stocks, right? They're going up, they're going down, they're moving. So we're trying to time it where we're trying to buy it on the way down, we're trying to sell it on the way up. There's certain technical patterns that give us an edge, but the difference basically is the trader is in and out. You know, a day trader might be in and out every single day, every few minutes. Right, a swing trader would be trading every few days, maybe every few weeks. He'll hold on for a position for weeks, and then there's investors that are, you know, dollar cost averaging every month. You're putting in in good, and those are good habits to have. Is like every month you take a little bit of your paycheck, keep investing it. So I still preach that. I say, hey, trade for income, and then invest for wealth building. So I, what I, the way I teach people, and the way I do it is, I trade for an income. That's where I pay my bills off and live off. But then I take a percentage of my trading profits, and they're automatically invested. I don't even look at it. And I think that's the the habit that mo- most people should have. I think that's great advice. Yeah. So you trade for income, you invest for future financial success. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. So tell me a little bit more about your trading habits. Are you more of a technical analysis? Are you more like do you follow the news cycle? Like how do you? What are the signals you look for before you enter a trade? Yeah. So when it comes to trading, it's all technicals based on chart patterns that we've you know back tested over the last you know 50 years and they have a certain probabilistic edge just like a casino would have a little edge so we have a certain edge where okay i know this pattern is going to give us potential of making a 2 to 1 return right so now if i can get a 2 to 1 return then i could win only 4 out of my 10 trades so i could lose 6 of them and still make money right cuz if every loser is $100 but every winner is $200 let's say you can win 40% of your trades and still be profitable. So we're looking for those edges. So certain technical patterns have those edge that we look to exploit or use every single day. Um, so that's kind of like trading style. When it comes to investing, I will look at the companies, what I believe in, and more so it's broad-based, what I think about the industry, what I think about the company, uh, not so much going into the financials, but just overall, you know, my thought process. But then I'll still use technicals to time the right entry so I can buy it correctly. And for example, October was a great time last year, right, to buy on those dips. And now you're, if you bought it correctly, you're already up 40, 50% on majority of your investments. And I think that's uh, kind of what we look to do, even with my investments. And when you're trying to um, enter a trade, typically, how long do you hold it for? 
So if it's a day trade, it's probably going to be like a few seconds to a few minutes, right? Very quick, in and out. Uh, when it's a swing trade, I might be in it for a few weeks. Uh, like recently, I've been in a trade on silver and I've been in for about a week now. Um, so those could be a few weeks, maybe a few days sometimes. And then there are also something I call core trades. So that's an alternative to investing, but using technicals, where we might be in a stock for a few months, maybe a year at best. So that's another style that we do. Um, so they're all different timeframes, day trading, swing trading, core trading, and then there's investing. And do you typically trade the same tickers over and over? When I'm day trading, typically I have like a, my favorite stocks that I love that have good options, very liquid volume is there to, for you to get in and out. So yeah, day trading, I have a few set of stocks that I like, but we still, every morning we scan for stocks that are gapping up or gapping down based on news event. Maybe they got upgraded, maybe you know something happened with the company, maybe great earnings and they're, they're opening higher than where they open. So we look to trade those gaps because that is a pattern that we have a certain edge in. Uh, so that might be different gaps every single day. Uh, and as it relates to swing trades, core trades, all the time, there's different stocks. There's uh, whatever has the pattern, basically. So we are very um, non-biased. A lot of times, we don't care what the company does. We don't even know what the company does. It's might just a three-letter ticker. But if it's got the right technical pattern, then that's the trade we're going to execute on. Um, so those are the things we look at. A lot of new traders struggle with the mental aspect of trading, right? In other words, they enter a position it goes up a few dollars and they're like, oh, I want to take the money off the table and they close it too soon. They don't let the winners ride. And on the flip side, when it starts moving against them, they tend to hold on to losing positions for a very long time in the hope that they'll recover. How do you typically overcome those? And how do you teach people the mindset? Of like, how do you properly look at trading? Like, What's the proper mindset? How do you get that across to your students? Yeah, I think those people usually go through those things because they have uncertainty and they have uncertainty because they don't have a trading plan. Right. Like I wouldn't get into a business without a business plan. If I'm investing, I also do angel investing in different startup companies. I'm not going to invest in a startup without a business plan. Right. So why would you think you can come to the markets, trade and compete with people, traders from Goldman Sachs, traders from our company? And you could think you could just come in and, you know, compete with us. It's not going to work out. You have to have a trading plan, which is a set of rules. Okay. First things first, where am I going to get in? Then first thing we decide is when when am I going to get out if I'm wrong? That's the first thing we look at before we think about even profits. When am I going to get out if I'm wrong? So now that I know, okay, if I buy a stock at let's say a hundred dollars, and if it goes to ninety nine, I'm going to get out. So I know my risk is a dollar per share. So now if I decide I don't want to lose more than a thousand dollars, then I know I can buy up to thousand shares. Because if I buy a thousand shares, it goes to ninety nine. I get out. I lose my thousand dollars, which is exactly what I expected to lose. So there's no uncertainty. I know exactly what I'm going to lose on the trade. And on the upside, then I might look for 102 as a target. So two to one, right? So now, again, I could be right 40% of the time and still make money. So you have to have a well-defined plan on when you're going to get out when you're wrong, and then when you're going to get out when you're right. If you don't have a plan, then you're always going to feel like you got out too soon, you got out too early. But how do you know if you got out too early if you never had a plan, you never had a goal? So how do you know you got out early? So I think uh, the removing the human element and trying to think like an AI, you know, that's how I teach people. It's like, think like an AI. Right. AI is not going to be like, oh, I think it's going to. No, there's certain. This is the model. We're going to execute on that model. So those are the thinking that people need to have a little robotic mindset. Now that it's not going to help you in relationships. You know, ex girlfriends would tell me, you know, you know, pretty unemotional. I'm like, so it doesn't help in certain areas, but in trading and investing, I think that's how you need to be. And when you place an order, do you automatically put in your limit orders on the exits right away? Immediately. So as soon as I get into a trade, unless it's an options trade, if it's a stock trade. I will always have a stop loss. Because see, in, in trading in the markets, we cannot control what the stock's going to do. 
We cannot control how much money we're going to make. The only thing we actually have control over in trading is how much we're going to lose. Think about that. Well, that's the only thing we can control. So if you can control that, you're never going to have those surprise losses. Oh my God, I just lost crazy amount of money. It's never going to happen. All losses are same for me, right? Every loss is the same. So I size accordingly. If it's a $5 stop loss, well, then divide whatever I want to risk, divide it by $5. So then I know how many shares I'm going to buy. So I always buy the appropriate amount. So I'm never you know, caught off guard, basically. That's a very good way to, to approach it. And Anmol, you, you mentioned options. Do you do a lot of options as well? Mostly, yeah. For day trading, I do a lot of options trading because uh, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of opportunity. Like you don't even need the stock to do a whole lot, but the option could be moving, you know, 30, 40, 50%. So we look for those certain pockets that we've tested that, okay, we know we're going to get a little bounce here. Uh, and day trading is typically very quick. I don't recommend day trading for most newer people coming into the markets because that has a learning curve. Like I lost money my whole first year, right? Like I lost money every single, every single day, every single week, my first year of trading because day trading is very fast. So it also needs a lot of your um, muscle memory and skills to be able to place your orders in time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's always different. For most newer traders, I recommend swing trading so they can hold on for stocks for a few days, few weeks, and see how it plays out. One of the complaints I hear often from people who are just starting out is they say, I got a you know, nine to five job. I don't have time to trade. How much time does someone need when they're just getting started? You know, the great part about actually West Coast is like we have a lot of students in West Coast that my trade in the morning for like an hour, like just the gaps. There's one strategy that we have is only trading the gaps, which you can only trade the first hour. So a lot of people in West Coast, I know they trade that first hour day trading, and then they go actually to the regular job, which I always advise people to never quit your job when you're coming into trading, because that's just going to put more pressure on you to make money from trading because you don't have anything else coming in. That's You're going to make wrong decisions, right? You're going to influence by your emotions. So always have a safety net before you come into trading. But uh but yeah, you know, there, I think uh, if you have a job, you can absolutely swing trade. So it's an excuse that most people say, oh, I'm busy. I have a job. No, you can swing trade. It takes five minutes to place an order. And now you're not going to exit the stock for like a week, maybe. There's nothing for else you to do. So start with swing trading. Start with investing. Build those good habits. And then if you're on the West Coast, you can trade the morning first hour and then go attend your regular job. And uh, yeah, so I think that's how I'd recommend. Nine to five, don't let it hold you back. And I'm guilty of that as well. So it's 6.30 in the morning here on the West Coast when the market's open. And quite often between 6.30 and 7.30, I'm on the, my you know on my, on my phone or whatever and uh, looking at trades and, and adjusting my options position. So I've been yeah. playing around with options for a couple of years now. And I lost a little bit of money at the beginning, but now I'm kind of my account's coming back and I'm almost back to even. Um, and it's very, it's very cool. I mean, I, I could talk about options all day. But yeah, and I would say you don't even lose money because you learn a lot from it. It's tuition, tuition to the market, it. right? And so on that, on the topic of tuition, when people just start out and let's say they approach you and say, look, I'm a new student. I got a little bit of money saved up. My questions are, how much money do people need to set aside to begin? And how much should they expect to lose as part of that tuition cost? I would say have at least minimum six months off your money saved up because there's going to be a learning curve with just like anything else. So have like six months worth of your rent and all of your you know things taken care of. Then now at least you have six months of wiggle room to figure this stuff out. So that's what I would recommend. And it's going to be different for everybody. You know, if you have a bigger lifestyle. You might need more. If you have kids, you might need more. If you're a single guy, you might need less money. So I think, uh, but definitely have six months of worth of uh, you know money saved up before you start coming into the markets to try to make money on it. Because typically, what I've seen people, um, it takes about a year. For them to really kind of get it, 
because they're going to make mistakes and they're going to trade really small in the beginning. So it gets up to a year or two level where you scale up enough that you can live off it and pay your bills off it. Yeah. And in, in terms of the actual account size, right? Because a lot of people say never put more than like 5% of your entire portfolio into one trade, right? Some people even say like 2%, right? So if someone is going to follow that rule, how much of a minimum portfolio size do they need to get started to minimize their chances of being blown out on a couple of bad trades? Um, I, if you're talking about swing trading, then I think you can really start with anything, right? Because it's about percentages, just like any investment. It's just about percentages. You get 30, 40% a year, let's say from swing trading. That's great. You keep growing your account. Now, if 30% of a million dollars, 30% of a $10,000, it's the same 30%. So that would be for swing trading. For day trading, obviously, you need a minimum 25000 That's just the FINRA regulation. But really, you need more. You need 30, 35. Because what if you lose your first trade with the 25000 account? Then you're under the PDT rule. So I would say, you know, realistically, 35, 40000 is a good amount if you want to get into day trading. Uh, but if you want to swing trade, start with whatever you have. You know, I would say still at least five or 10000 would be a good number to start with. I got to ask for your opinion. You mentioned PDT, right? It's the pattern day trading rule. What are your personal thoughts on that rule? I think it's ridiculous. You know, it's it's uh, ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense because you can go to a casino. You're allowed to go to a casino, bet as much as you want, drink as much as you want, right? You can bet on sports games as much as you want, but for somehow for trading, which is kind of safer because you can actually get out. There's a stop loss. When you bet, you you can lose all of it, right? There's no stop loss, but that's allowed. And then in trading, you know, you're not allowed to get out. I think that's the worst thing because that causes more harm to traders than good. Because if they're in a trade, now they're like, oh, I can't get out because that'll be PDT rule. They end up holding it. Whereas if they were allowed to get out, they could have minimized their loss. So I think it's actually a horrible, uh, you know, horrible thing. It should be repealed right away. I agree with you 100%. And it's funny, almost every single person I speak to when I ask them, you know, what do you think about the, the PDT rules? Everyone hates it. Everyone says what you say, like, it makes no sense. It's counterproductive. Like, that is one law that really should be repealed. I fully agree with you on that one. In terms of um, people who are young and they're just trying to, you know, explore the world, they're just starting out on their careers, they're looking at, you know, maybe starting a business, maybe getting into trading. Um, What is your recommendation on passions versus skills? Should people follow their passions? Um. No, I think you need, you know, you first get good at it. And that's what I hated because, you know, when I moved to New York City, I had, you know, it paid a lot of money, different charity dinners to have dinners with like, you know, multimillionaires, billionaires, hedge fund managers, just to have lunch with them or dinner. And they would all give me the same cliche advice follow your passion. They give the worst advice. Like, because what does that even mean? <laughs> like, you know, what if, what if I'm not good at it? What if my passion is like, I want to play golf, but what if I'm horrible at it? I'm not going to make any money at it. So you always get good at something, right? And when you're good at something, you're automatically going to be passionate. Think about it, right? If you're what's something in your life that you're good at, you're going to be passionate about it. You want to showcase it to your friends, your family, because you love it. So always build the skill first, build the competence, get good at it, and watch you'll automatically be passionate about it. Because you can never be passionate about something you're, you're horrible at, you know? So always focus on skill development right? Make some money under your belt and then you can do whatever you want with your money, follow your passions. But first you got to develop the skill set. I think that is great advice. And it really is going to have a much likelier outcome of success for you, right? It's like develop good skills, make money, and then you'll have the money and the free time to follow your passions, whatever they may be. But I think trying to flip that and trying to follow your passions, then to make money, then to you know fund your lifestyle, et cetera. I think that's that's kind of like putting the, the cart before the horse. It it works for some people, but it, I think the odds are really stacked against you. 
if that's the way yeah. you want to do it. And the so, most people are given the advice about passion, they've already made it. And then they're given their advice about passion. But if you look back on their career, when they didn't have that much money, they weren't following their passion. They were just hustling, doing whatever needed to get done to build their business. So, you know, the advice usually is given by people who've kind of made it. So we, we have to take that with a grain of salt. That's right. Yeah. It's like survivor bias, right? Like there's really strong survivor bias built into that follow your passion advice that a lot of people overlook. Um, yeah. Right behind you, I see the book. It's entitled Prepping for Success. Tell us more about the book and what can people learn from it? Yeah. So I wrote that book, you know, mostly as a notes to myself. That was originally how I intended it, but just writing it, notes to myself, things that I've learned along my journey. Because, you know, over my, I guess, course of career, I've hired and worked with many different coaches. You know, I've attended many different workshops, seminars, personal development, because I really believe trading is all about mindset. So that's all I focus my life on is just personal development growth, spiritual growth, hiring mentors, coaches. Uh, but I also realized that not everybody has that amount of money or time to devote to learning these all these different things. So I wrote down everything that I've learned over my journey. And then, you know, some of my friends looked at it. They're like, you know, you should probably turn this into a book. And I was like, yeah, I mean, if somebody gave me that book 10 years ago, it would have made life a whole lot easier. So that's kind of how I wrote the book. It's about 10 keys for success, 10 things if you could start doing right now, they're going to get you closer to your goals and they're going to actually use, you know, move the needle in your business. And the book has nothing to do about trading, nothing to do about investing. It's literally about just mindset and, you know, personal development, uh, because I believe that's universally applicable to any, any business or any endeavor that you might encounter. Excellent. I'll put the links into the show notes. And right now, tell us a little bit more about Live Traders as a company. How many employees do you have? How many students do you have? How much does the average program cost, et cetera? Sure. So we have a very small team. We're about seven people um, that run live traders. Um, it's me, my business partner, Jared, who's actually my mentor. He taught me how to trade. And then uh, he was in the same firm we used to work at. So when during the buyout, we said, hey, why don't we team up and start something new together? So he's the one who actually taught me how to trade. So it's him. Then we have our you know regular employees that handle the business side of things. And then we have other assistant coaches that run their own services under live traders brand. Um, and then student wise, we have thousands of members in our, you know, subscription communities, in our live trading chat room, in our newsletters, we do monthly zoom calls, and we trade live every single day, Monday to Friday, it's all live streamed. So I can't hide, you know, win or lose, you'll see it in real time, what's happening in my account. And I think that's, that's, that keeps me sharp, you know, because that keeps me disciplined too. Because, hey, I can't do something stupid, because everybody's watching. So I think that's actually made me a better trader since I've started live traders. And over the last eight years since you've been running live traders, what kind of annual returns have you seen in your personal account? So it's been pretty good. Uh, I mean, day trading, I typically don't count returns. We think about it in our units. So for example, uh, let's say my risk unit, our unit would be risk unit. So let's say my risk unit is $1,000. So that means every single day trading loss is capped at $1,000. And then I try to make $2,000 on every single trade. So we'll call that 2R, right? We'll call that 2R. So, uh, and if I lose a trade, it's minus one R. If I win a trade, it's two R. So we try to make 200, 250 hours a year uh, from day trading, right? And then we have swing trading. Those returns, we don't risk more than 2% of our account in any given trade. And uh, we've been getting about 40 to 60% annually, uh, you know, so far. This year, a little lagging behind because the market's obviously really strong. Uh, but this year, we're only at 17% at the moment. Uh, but hey, we'll, we'll see what how we end up at the end of the year. 17% in seven months is is actually really, really good. I mean, don't... <laughs> yeah, it, it is. But when the market's like 25%, then I'm like, ah, you know, the market's outperforming me. I could have just put it at the spiders. Uh, so that's kind of, we compare ourselves. But we've so far beat the market every year for the last, you know, seven years in a row. Amazing. 
What's the best way for people to reach out to you? Uh, best way to reach out to me would be Twitter or Instagram. That's where I'm the most active. Um, my handle on both of those is Delta90, D-E-L-T-A-N-I-N-E-T-Y. I had this username a long time ago and then it got verified. I didn't want to change it. So I just kept it like that. Uh, and then uh, if you learn, want to learn more about trading, then livetraders.com is a great resource to start with. We have tens of thousands of hours of free lectures on our YouTube channel. Uh, that's where people can just start learning right away. Um, yeah, so that would be the best way. And for the book, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or uh, preppingforsuccess.com. Thanks very much. I'll put all those links into the show notes. And one last question. Is there a really cool backstory with Delta 90 on how you got the name? Yeah, so I used to trade, uh, you know, Delta 90 deep in the money options back in the day. It was like a stock replacement strategy when you don't have, mm -hmm. you know, the whole amount of money to take a big position. So we should just buy Delta 90 option, which is just mimicking the movement of the stock with like you know, half the money uh, invested in it. So that's what I originally started the options trading. That's where the name came from. Very cool. All right, man. Anmol, thanks very much for your time today. It's a really good discussion. And uh, thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, great chatting with you as well. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Money Seed Podcast. Please remember to click like and subscribe. It really helps spread the message to other investors and it helps attract new viewers to the show. We appreciate your support. Thanks very much.